You're listening to Soul Talk for Black Folks podcast with your hosts, licensed marriage and family therapists, wives, mothers, and soul sisters, Latoya Chivon and Sarah Harris. Each episode, these ladies bring you empowering and uplifting messages focused on helping you improve relationships with yourself and others while destigmatizing mental health in the Black community. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking mental health treatment. Now grab some coffee or a cup of tea and get comfortable. Let's soul talk. Welcome to episode two, the Black Love Relationship Tune-Up. Today we're going to be talking about some of the stresses that we experience in relationships and that we have seen in our couples therapy sessions. And then we're going to move on to transformations. Like what are some ways that we can initiate some quick wins in our relationships? Sarah, you know, this is my favorite topic. I absolutely love talking about relationships. Yes, you do. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's good because, you know, we need to talk about relationships more. It's not something that we talk about in the Black community. It's definitely something that people tend to keep to themselves and not reach out when they actually do need help. Yes. And I think sometimes there's some shame with it, too. When yeah. you're struggling with a re- in a relationship and it may seem like others around you are appearing to be doing well, then mm-hmm. you don't feel like you want to talk about it or tell anyone where you might be struggling. Yeah. And you said it with appearing to be doing well. You know, I tell my couples all the time that nobody's relationship is a hundred percent great, even though it may look like it is on Instagram, Right. (laughs) you know, (laughs) in reality, everybody's struggling and, you know, relationships naturally have ups and downs Yes, and it's just part of being in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things I learned early on in my training is that having an argument in a relationship is okay. Because I remember when I was younger and less experienced, I thought that a happy marriage is when you do not have arguments. Mm -hmm. And then soon enough, I learned in training is that you're going to argue and that's okay. But the key is how do you argue? That's the key right there. Learning how to argue with each other. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, really just realizing that both partners are playing a role in what's going Mm -hmm. on. And in reality, we are all just broken people. And so just Mm -hmm. bringing two people together with so much baggage, so many learned behaviors from our childhood experiences and past relationships and all of that stuff gets brought into the discussions um, if it's still not healed. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You're so, so right. You know, you're talking and I'm thinking back to when I just got married. We were a young married couple, military couple to boot. And I was still dealing with a lot of my brokenness still. And at that time, I didn't realize it. A lot of so many unnecessary arguments that happened a lot of times when I would just get reactive for no good reason or get defensive Mm-hmm. unnecessarily and it would just lead to just a lot of negativity within the relationship and so personal brokenness is definitely a, a one of the major causes for the stress that we that we tend to experience in our relationships yeah and the other another big part of that too is just the isolation that comes from not being able to talk to anybody about what's going on 
Mm-hmm. You know, just feeling like, uh, you know, I know that I was raised in a household where we were told you don't take your business outside of the house. You know, if you have a problem, you need to talk to God about it and, and not go out and see a therapist or a counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that just really creates a lot of isolation. If we feel like we can't talk to our partner, we feel right. like we can't talk to our friends or our family members, and we're not yeah. supposed to seek help outside, then who are we supposed to go to when right. we need support? Yeah. And then in that isolation, you're just kind of left within yourself. And of course, our minds tend to go the negative route. So we're mm-hmm. thinking my marriage is so awful. We're on the brink of divorce. There's no hope here. Yeah. Because we don't have that connection to others that can sometimes help normalize some of what we're feeling in our relationship. Exactly. And, you know, Sarah, that is one of the biggest things that changed uh, my relationship with my husband. Um, Early on in our marriage, we were just as you're describing, we were struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, we both brought a lot of our own childhood issues into our relationship, a lot of our own ways of dealing with conflict you know, yelling, screaming, shutting down, withdrawing, uh, criticizing each other, just Mm. all of those, those behaviors that are just not helpful for the relationship. Right. And as we brought those in, we had no idea how to get ourselves back on track. But starting to connect with a local um, church group, we actually started um, meeting with a marriage group at our church, Mm. and being with other young marrieds and hearing everyone else's stories, knowing that they're all experiencing the same challenges in their relationship. It just helped so much for us to be able to see hope again and and turn around. Yes, yes. And it's so empowering too, because you you move from this place of helplessness and discouragement to just feeling like I'm acknowledging that we have areas to work on. And Mm -hmm. I can feel empowered, I can feel some control uh, in the relationship. Because when you connect to these resources, then you have access to tools, you have access to, to books, other things that you can use to help improve in, in the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, you said, you mentioned um, finding out kind of what your, what your role is in it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my challenges is just, honestly, I mean, I figure that he was most of the problem. Like, why would he ever think of, you know, think of things not the way that I'm thinking of them, the way that I'm thinking of them is obviously the right way. And so (laughs) just kind of, you know, just moving through that for such a long period of time and just um, really feeling like he was causing most of the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, It it kept us in the situation that we were in, this cycle of conflict. And it was in the moment when I started to recognize my role, the role that I was playing. And, you know, taking a look at the situation and realizing that this little 5% of the problem that I thought I was, mm-hmm. was actually a lot bigger than 5%. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So but, yeah, that's something that I had to learn for sure. Yes, yes. And I'm also, you know, I've been married, what, 16 years now. And I've learned the importance of putting my pride aside. Mm. Because for so long, I would hold on to my pride. And like you're saying, thinking that he's the problem. If he would only change, things would be better. (laughs) But then over time, I've learned to turn my fingers inwards and realize, hey, I've also got some work to do. It's not just him. It's both of us. And I was surprised to find out that once I was able to kind of put my pride aside, focus on myself and just truly be Mm -hmm. honest with myself, I know that it's okay to take some responsibility for what's happening, 
that's when we started to really feel some shifts in the relationship because it really oh, does start so big. Yeah. It really does start from the inside and goes outwards that change. Yeah. And oftentimes when we start to make those changes, our partner naturally starts to change as well. Cause it's really hard to stay the same mm. when your environment changes. Yes. Yes, definitely. You know, have you ever read the book, um, love and respect? Um, I haven't, but I've heard of it. Yeah. I've heard it's a really good book. It is. It is a Christian based book. However, it does talk about once we start making these changes, when we can focus on ourselves and make some of these changes, then it naturally happens with our partner. That's just the way that it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a big thing. So it's turning the shift from external to in- internal. That self-awareness is so key. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, what I always tell my couples is that the reality is that we're all seeking the same things. You know, we, we want stability in our relationships. We want to have a safe place to come to our partners and, and have the, the connection that we've always wanted. And so all of the things that we're doing when we're, when we're yelling and when we're upset, we're mm-hmm. really just trying to get our emotional needs met. Yes. Yes, and- Absolutely. Yeah. And so by us learning to kind of shift our our perspective on that and know that our partners just really trying to get their needs met, they're, they're, they're doing the best they can. Now, do they need to learn better ways to express their needs? Yes. And do we as well need to learn better ways? Of course. But what is the goal? If the goal is for the relationship to get closer and stronger and to have a better intimate relationship, then that is the, that's what we should be working towards in our communication. Yes. Yeah. Um, This morning, you know, I'm listening to you speak and it takes me back to this morning, I was doing a meditation. And one of the questions that was asked, it was a guided one. And one of the questions that was asked was, do you want to have peace or do you want to be right? Mm. You know, and I also had a friend ask me a similar question years ago. Um, do you want to be right? Or do you want to strengthen the relationship? Mm-hmm. And so that helped me to shift my focus to what's best for the relationship versus the need for me to be right. Exactly. Because how often are we just trying to fight to be right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that also, it reminds me of um, something that I have to remind myself of, you know, when, when I'm sitting and I'm, you know, he and I are arguing like, uh, and not who's going to apologize first is always the question that comes up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if I feel like I'm right and he feels like he's right, it's very difficult for either of us to turn to one another and be the first to apologize. So what we always say is let the person who's the most mature be the first to apologize. (laughs) (laughs) And then you see everyone rushing forward. (laughs) exactly yes I like that (laughs) yeah you know Mm -hmm. just because that's the goal the goal is is for us to get back to a state of peace you know yes and so both parties have to work towards that by um you know noticing when we're starting to have the behaviors that are not helpful Mm -hmm. um noticing we're criticizing each other we're getting really defensive or you know, we're withdrawing from the other person, just mm-hmm. learning that it's happening and learning ways to um, respond that would be more helpful for the relationship. Yeah, 
And sometimes we don't even realize how much these behaviors contribute to the disconnect in the relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you, both you and I, we use a lot of John Gottman stuff in our therapy sessions. And John Gottman, for those who are listening, he's this, he's a psychologist who's done a lot of tremendous work in the area of couples therapy and what helps yeah. marriages to work. And he was able to come up with the behaviors that could contribute to divorce. And he was correct for about 93% of the time he was able, he was correct about what he predicted divorce in a relationship. And Latoya, I heard you talk about criticism, the defensiveness that many times occur in relationships Mm -hmm. and there's contempt, which is a huge one, right? Like if if you've ever been on the receiving end of contempt, it doesn't feel good. That's when someone is just really speaking in a scornful way. And the Mm -hmm. intent is to either be abusive or to insult. Yeah. And that can be a big... um, destroyer in a relationship. Yeah. And these are patterns. So, you know, these are things that people just do. And, and oftentimes we don't even realize we're doing them, you know, and, and, uh, you know, if someone comes up to us and they're, we feel like they're criticizing us, it's, it's very natural to start to get defensive. Like, no, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Or, oh, here you go blaming me again. And mm-hmm. we may not even really realize that we're, that we're even doing it. And that's what's contributing to the challenges. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You had so what met- Gottman teach. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so what Gottman teaches in this, uh, it, when he talks about these, these different um, horsemen is what he calls them, is to try to do some of the anecdotes in order to reverse the effects of some of the challenges. So if you're feeling that you are um, wanting to go and say something critical to your partner and be, you know, be critical and attack them, then instead you want to try to focus on I statements, right? So you want to come to them in a gentle way and talk about how you're feeling instead of what they're doing. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm laughing here because I remember being in a couples (laughs) therapy session with my husband and the therapist was teaching us about eye statements. And internally I was rolling my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But then I went home and we had an argument and my husband was the first one to initiate it. And I was like, okay, we'll try it. And we tried it and it was powerful. It was amazing how much it, it really, really did work to just help us to feel heard and listened to and to eventually resolve the issue that was happening. Yeah, because it's hard to get defensive when someone's talking about themselves and how they feel. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, and so when someone is is experiencing that and they're they're trying to, um, their partner comes to them and they are being more, talking about the I statements and starting in a more gentle way, it's easier for their partner to respond with taking some responsibility and maybe apologizing for the way that they maybe have triggered these feelings in their partner. Yes. Yeah. You know, and something else that can really help with relationship tune up is just building a culture of appreciation in your relationship. Mm. I think sometimes, and especially in the Black community, it might feel like I'm being weak if I'm there regularly praising and encouraging my spouse. 
mm-hmm. but actually it comes from a place of strength internally and then also with a relationship by having more of those positive things in your relationship it kind of provides a buffer for when something negative happens in the relationship exactly you know you were talking about um, your experience in couples therapy sarah and what i was reminded of was our experience um my husband bless his heart has the tendency to stonewall (laughs) and withdraw. And, you know, what we learned in couples counseling was that it's okay for him to take a break. Mm -hmm. And I remember when the therapist told him, just say, I feel like this conversation is no longer healthy. So let's Mm -hmm. take a break and we can start the conversation up tomorrow. Mm, Yes. And it was so powerful. Now I'm going to tell you for years after that, when he would use that statement, I would cringe on the inside, but I knew it was so true. Right. Right. <laughs> we needed a break. He needed a moment, you know? Yes. So yes. I really appreciate that about couples counseling because it really gives us the opportunity to learn new tools. And as long as we implement those tools, we will really mm-hmm. see the changes mm-hmm. in our relationship. Yeah. That's so true. So true. And both Latoya and I, we talk a lot about couples therapy. And one of the myths that's in the black community is that therapy is for rich people, or I can't afford therapy. But please know there are lots of options out there for therapy and not just affordable therapy. But if you feel like a black therapist would be most beneficial to your relationship, go for it. They're out there. We want, there's a huge community of black therapists out there, including us. So the resources are there. Um, There are therapists who provide pro bono therapy. Some do um, a slide and scale. So there are lots of Mm -hmm. options and resources out there for strengthening your relationship. Exactly. So if you want to make some changes, you are in control of making those changes. You just have to get started. Another thing that we do, we do want to let you know is that um, there is something small that you can do, a small change. And um, we have the action item for you. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about today's action item. We've, today we've been speaking about the relationship tune-up. And I want to invite you to brainstorm 10 activities that you can do with your partner. 10 activities that can help to strengthen your relationship, that can promote closeness, more fun, more engagement Mm -hmm. with each other. Choose one, do it, and then hop on (laughs) over to our Facebook group and share with us how that went. We'd love to hear about it. Yes, definitely. All right, guys, that's all we got for today. So thanks for listening. And if you feel like your soul is getting fed here at Soul Talk for Black Folks, we would love for you to subscribe rate and give us a review. And until next time, it's been us, your soul sisters, LaToya and Sarah. Bye. Bye.